Well, good morning. Our, our call to worship day is number 71. Page 71. Holy ground. South stand. Welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church uh, on a beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, it can't ask for any better in this area for the weather that we're having. Um, the pollen seems to have dissipated. Amen. Um, that's, uh, we have one, uh, one birthday uh, this week, uh, and it's Brother Benny up here so he can stand up. <laughs> And uh, we will sing happy birthday to Benny. Uh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. You're welcome. Uh, you notice I was standing in front of Benny, so he really didn't get to hear me, which is, that's a good thing. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for our ability we have to come together and worship you in your house. Lord, we ask you to guide our worship. Let us lead and leave all distractions outside. Lord, let us focus on you. May all we do here today be honor and pleasing to you. Lord, may be it sweet sound in your ears. Lord, we just love you and we ask you to bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our next hymn is 489, 489, Heavenly Sunlight. <clears throat> Jesus is mine. 
we're still uh, accepting items. We're time for our praises and prayer requests and uh, also announcements. Uh, we're still accepting item, items for the Life Care Pregnancy Center. Uh, the list is in the back of the bulletin. We have a box out there. Uh, I think maybe I'll get with some this week and we will deliver those. I'll get up with uh, the center and see uh, when they'll be available. Um, updates on the prayer list. Uh, Walter is home recuperating. Um, he had a rough go of it. He had a outpatient surgery, and then he had to go back to the hospital and uh, uh, come to find out that Walter had a UTI, and that was the issues, and so they've got him on the proper meds, and they're doing their jobs, and so God has answered our prayers, and Walt's at home resting. I talked to him yesterday. Uh, spoke to Sandy White. She's in good spirits. Uh, she called and... Uh, Asked me how I was doing and how things at the church were doing, and um, said if there's anything she need that I need to let her know. Now, um, I love me some Miss Sandy, um, and so uh, she's doing good. She says she can't wait until she can come and worship here at the church. Uh, Tanya is Tanya Connor is still in the hospital. Um, they are thinking that may she had surgery. Uh, and it, her insides are slow to wake up. And so that's the problem. Um, and so uh, she's in a lot of pain. Uh, she's starting to eat a little bit better. Uh, and so just continue to pray for Tanya and Zona. Uh, I, did, did, did I do everything? Did you talk? Is that all right? Okay. Okay. Well, see, Sharon talked. I went to bed last night, and Sharon was on the phone with Zona, which is Tanya's mom. And so, I don't. I, I, this is the latest information I have. Okay. Good. Okay. 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 Um. Let's see. Continue to pray for the David Troutman family. Continue to pray for uh, the uh, Hollyfield family. Uh, Tiffany Bullard is is still recovering. She's at home. Uh, she's got a ways to go. So continue to pray for her. Uh, uh, Lonnie, uh, continue to pray for Lonnie. I spoke to him Monday, and so continue to pray for Lonnie. Are there any other additions or updates to the prayer list? All right. Cheryl LaPointe is She's having surgery this Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Are there any other? Yes, my brother Bobby May, he's having some eye surgery from the one that's really a strop. Okay. Eye surgery Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Continue to pray for Jackie Tyson. She was on my. Okay. Any other? Yeah. You know, I just uh, want to kind of piggyback what Sharon said. These people that are going through surgeries or after surgeries, a lot of them really suffer from depression. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we really need to be prepared for, too. I guess the heartbeat when they go through something like that, but not know and being in pain. Right. Any other? Any praises? Amen. Amen. It's been a busy week uh, this past week, uh, ministry-wise, and uh, God's working. 
Um, I've got to, I've, for lack of a better term, I have covered the gambit uh, from talking with people who are grieving, uh, talking to people who the Holy Spirit is working on. Um, and so um, uh, it, it, it's this, the God we serve is still alive and he's still active and we need to uh, be in prayer and we also need to be opening our eyes to the opportunities around us. Any other praises and prayer requests? Yeah, go ahead. Do, do it again. We're celebrating Benny's birthday today. And last year around this time, we were all praying for you. And yes. Just, mm -hmm. you're, yeah. you're such a blessing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, God has been gr very gracious to us. Uh, any others? All right, John. Um, I think uh, I, I know we'll be breaking ground on our playground soon. So I think we could just a prayer and a praise. Amen. You know, I'm just excited to see what the Lord's going to do. Yeah. You know, and the kids are going to be happy to see it. Yeah. Some of the adult kids are going to be happy to see it. Yeah. And so it's just a blessing. We're, we're, our church is really blessed. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, yesterday was the preliminary trials for the tour de more. Calls yesterday morning. What's going on at the church? There's a thousand cars out there. <laughs> and so uh, um, next Saturday is actually the Tour de Moor and uh, Spring Fest. So there might be a thousand cars out there next Saturday. You know? But it's a bicycle race. Uh, so hundred and some miles through Moore County. Isn't that amazing? And they blocked the road. No, I'm just... Anyway. Um, any other praises or prayer requests? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we lift up uh, Brother Bobby Mabe and, and we lift up um, uh, Tanya Connor and Vernie and, and the families that are grieving. And Lord, we lift up Cheryl and, and all of these that are on this prayer list. Lord, uh, as we go down, um, you know each situation, Lord. You know the needs um, you know their hearts and how what you do for them will bring glory to you. And Lord, that's what we ask, um, that you receive the glory for all this. Lord, we ask you to remember our country and our military. Lord, we ask you to remember those that are deployed, uh, that are in harm's way. Lord, we ask you to put a hedge of protection around them and, and their families and bring them home safe. Lord, uh, the first responders who are out fighting uh, and responding to all kinds of incidences of everyday life and some of not so much every day. Lord, we ask you to bless them and their families. The homeless, Lord, we ask you to, to give us an eye for them so that we can help uh, nursing facilities, Lord, and those that are there and the care that they receive. Lord, and just go on to, to relationships and unspoken prayer requests. God, we just lay them all at your feet because you are the only one who can answer and heal and 
guide every one of these situations. You're the only one who knows the hearts of all involved. And Lord, we praise you for that. We thank you for calling us to you so that we can be your servants. Lord, that we can do your will for your glory, for your kingdom. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our offertory hymn is 317. 317. There's something about that name. You have your Bibles if you will turn to First Samuel chapter one. Like I said, this week has been a busy week ministry wise, and that's a great thing, and I got to spend time with a lot of folks in a lot of different situations and uh, and it led me to to this uh, 
to where we're at now and uh, and how Hannah went and prayed her soul out because she was childless. She was praying. Anyway, well, I'll read the scripture in a minute. But she was praying in such a manner that Eli thought she was drunk. And so that set me on to looking at some other things. And evidently that women and men coming to the temple or the tabernacle intoxicated from the feast seemed to be the norm at the time. Otherwise, why would he have made that statement? And so I did some research and it, it was right. Uh, and that's the reason she'll have a response in a little bit to, to Eli. And, uh, but the main thing we're going to talk about when I read the scripture is how her countenance changed. And so if we'll start, it says so. Um, we'll start in, in verse 8. It says, Then said Elkanah, her husband to her Hannah why weepest thou and why eatest thou not and why is thy heart grieved am I not better to thee than ten sons so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk now Eli the priest set it upon a seat by post of the temple of the Lord and she was embittered uh, in, in bitterness for the soul of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore and she vowed a vow and said O Lord of hosts if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid but will give unto thee thine handmaid a man child I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, when she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am not a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid uh, for a daughter of, uh, of Belah, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken here unto. Then Eli answered, well, my page won't sticking together. And said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and, and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. I thank you for the accounts of the Bible of people who have called out to you and you've answered their prayers. Lord, we just love you. I ask you to open this up to us, Lord, so that you can receive the glory and it'll touch the hearts that need to be touched. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. She was sick. 
She was literally sick, heartbroken. There are some things a man cannot give his wife. There are just some things we can't do. And the one thing she most desired, her husband was unable to give her, and that was a child. Now, it, it kind of tells us that God closed her womb, and so, you know, who knows which one it was, but God opened it. But they said she prayed her soul, her heart. She wept. She was in deep prayer. And she was praying from her heart. Her lips were moving, but no sound was coming out. Have you ever been in that need, in that state, where you prayed and prayed from the bottom of your heart through the tears, and you're praying and no utterance, but your lips are moving? Back in the, when I was a child in school, we had a teacher that used to, I think, I don't know, second, third grade, she would get on to us when we would read. Uh, if we would put our finger on the sentence and follow the words, or if we would follow him when someone else was reading and reading and our lips moving and nothing coming out. Um, and she's whack as with a ruler. That just didn't happen. You know, that's back in the day when you didn't have school shootings. You know, you had paddles. And uh, that was back in the day when people respected their elders. Um, when you actually played ball, you earned a trophy or you didn't. You didn't get one for just showing up. Uh, you actually had to attend practice to be able to play. Uh, and so anyway, she was praying and, and her lips were moving and no sound. And Eli thought she was a drunk. But she was asking God to bless her. To give her the one thing that her soul desired and that was motherhood. Through the people I've talked to this week and was able to minister with, their souls were troubled. Some were so troubled because of fear of the unknown health issues. And we, we got through those. God has answered our prayers on them. We relied upon the Lord and we gave it over to him and, and, and God is providing those answers and those answers to prayer. But I think the most interesting one, well, I got a call to come to someone's house. And they wanted me to come and bless their house. Because where, where they live is all kind of evil around them. And they had started seeing it. They were, their eyes were being opened and they were seeing people with spiritual eyes rather than human eyes. And so I prayed with them and I assured them that, that, uh, that what they needed to do was whatever sin they had in their life, they needed to confess it. Because it's hard for God to bless you when you're sinning. Uh, they were both individuals who have been saved. And so I told them that what they needed to do is repent. Ask God to restore the relationship. And he will put a hedge of protection around them so that those spirits and people that are, that are acting that way um, will not be able to prosper against them. And so they were happy. When I left, I talked to them yesterday. They were ecstatic. Things have changed. The people that were around them seemed to be 
dissipating because God is going to honor their repentance. And so here we see, we see Hannah. She asked God a specific thing. And God granted it to her. Of course, we know that Samuel, her son, she dedicated. But there was a whole lot of things going on around that we needed to understand. You know, we'll find out later in the first book of Samuel that, that Eli and his sons were, or not so much Eli, but his sons. His sons were, were shady. There were all kind of people coming in and out of the temple. Just think about this. Around us today in the places we work, how many people do we encounter that are of the world and not of Christ? A lot. And usually you can tell by their spirit, by their attitude, by their voice. We as Christ's children need to be like Eli. We need to question some things. And when we find out the answer that no, she wasn't drunk, she was just pouring her heart out, that we should be able to come alongside them and give them some encouragement. Encouragement goes a long way. A long way these days. There are people in our world and our society today and in our communities who are depressed. You ever been into the parking lot of the grocery store lately? And the least little thing sets people off. You know why? Because they've been cooped up. They've been cooped up. They won't things to be back to normal and yet people are telling them can't do that yet and so Hannah her husband told her said look am I not better for you than ten sons he, he loved her dearly but he couldn't give her the one thing she most desired a child and God goes on and he does that so we have people running around today in our society and in our neighborhoods who are looking for that one thing that their family can't provide. And we know what that one thing is. That one thing is Jesus Christ. And so we need to be like Eli and encourage those people. Help them come to a position to where they feel a need to, to cry out to God. With their soul like Hannah did. We need to shift our focus a little bit. And pray with the same tenacity for the lost that we pray for the sick. For healing. We need to be praying for their healing. We need to be praying for their lives because they're already dead. They're already dead. And so we need to be helping raise the dead. We need to be helping them draw near to God. Because just like we talked about on Wednesday night in chapter 10, the gospel message is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message, the message has not changed for over 2,000 years. We're getting glimpses of it in the Old Testament, looking to the New Testament. We're seeing what happens when you cry out to Christ 
humbly, heartfelt, from the deep down cellars of your heart, God answers your prayer for His glory. For His glory. And that's what we need to do. That's what we're called to do. We are called to be disciples of Christ. Not only learn, but we're called to be ambassadors. So that means we have to represent Him before the world. Remember, we're not of this world. We're just in it. We're to be the spokesman for Christ. Each one of us, we have our own talents. Each one of us has our own story individually. And God has used each one of us to, to affect other people's lives. And we do that every day. Positively or negatively. And we need to be a positive influence. We need to be like Hannah. Trust in the Lord. It said as soon as Eli told her to go your way and may the God of Israel bless you, her countenance changed. She went from being depressed and sad to being happy. Her husband saw the difference. People in her community saw the difference in her countenance. See, at that time, there was a lot more emphasis put on childbearing than it is today. Because at that time, a man who did not have a male child to carry on had to find a relative to be his redeemer. And so, even though she dedicated Samuel to God all the days of his life, God honored that. God honored that. And so what we need to be about is who is going to be our legacy? Who is going to be the Samuels that we reach to? Do we have any Samuels in our lineage? Spiritual Samuels. Maybe we have some physical Samuels. But do we have any people we've dedicated to God since birth? I know when my daughters were born, I asked God to bless them. And when they walked across the stage and graduated from high school, I said a prayer and gave them back to God. I've done all I can do. And I pray for them every day. And I pray for my grandkids every day. We shall see how that plays out in the future. We shall see. But I know that as hard as I prayed for my children, my wife has prayed harder. They have a closer relationship with their children than fathers do. They're part of them. Yeah, they're part of me too, but they're part of them. They were from their body. And so, ladies, who are your Samuels? Who are your Samuels?
Members of the church, who are your Samuels? Who are my Samuels? Who are the ones I've dedicated to Christ? Who are the ones that I've sought out? Who are the ones that I've made a relationship with so that I can talk to them and, and help guide them hopefully? Let the Holy Spirit go ahead of us. The main thing that we need to take from this is Hannah believed her prayers were heard. So when we pray for those that are lost, we need to pray and believe it. I know we, we do that for those that are sick because we've seen the evidence of that. When we pray for somebody who is sick, they get healed because you guys have seen that. You experienced that and you believe with all your heart that God's going to heal that person. We need to have that same belief and tenacity for the lost. We need to pray for them so much that their countenance changes. That whatever it is that's got them bound up, whatever it is that's got them pulled back and away from their families and God, that God will bind it up. We need to pray until their countenance changes. It doesn't tell us how long Hannah was on her knees in the altar. It doesn't tell us. But I'm assuming she was there a pretty good while. I'm assuming she was there enough for there to be a puddle of tears below her head. And knowing how they did at the time, her forehead was probably plastered to the floor. So the tears didn't have far to fall. I was told one time by my spiritual mentor that when I prayed, I needed to put my head below my heart. Because I was being pulled in a lot of directions and I was troubled. And so I took him at his advice and I literally put my head below my heart. And I realized that I needed to be more humble. And I realized that the reason that I was where I was at and was experiencing what I was experiencing was because God was humbling me. So we have a choice. You know, we can be like Hannah, humbled, bowed before God, pouring our soul's deepest desires out, leaving with a better feeling, having emptied our heart to Him, getting some positive feedback from the spiritual leader at the time after a short discussion. And knowing that God's going to answer your prayer. So when we pray, do we believe it? Or are we just going through the motion? When we ask God to bless our meal, do we mean it? 
when we ask him to use that food for the nourishment of our bodies, do we mean it? Or are we just reciting something so that we can eat? When we ask God to forgive us of our sins, do we believe it? Do we mean it? Or we just skip through that part before we get to where, Lord, this is what I need and this is what I want. But do we truly worship God in our prayers? Do we truly spend time worshiping him? Now, these are all questions I have asked myself. And each one of you have to answer those questions for yourself. We'll get rushed for time. I cut the Lord off. Lord, I'll pick it back up. Are we even making time for Jesus during the day? I know we do when we wake up. I know we do before we go to bed. But during the day, do we, do we cry out to him? Do we take a little moment to, here and there to, Lord, how am I doing? I need you to help me. Lord, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Lord, I'm aggravated because these things won't go together correctly. Can you help me? Lord, am I being a good example? These are questions we need to ask ourselves during the day. These are prayers we need to lift up. When's the last time you asked God to let you see the world through his eyes? Or have you? Have you been bold enough to make that statement to him in prayer? When is the last time you asked him, Lord, make me aware of who you're putting in front of me today? So that I can let them know someone loves them and someone's around who will never forsake them. See, those are the things that Hannah was dealing with. For all those years, she thought God had forsook her. All of her neighbors and all of her relatives were celebrating with children, not her. Not her. And she cried out to the Lord. That's what we need to do when folks come to us. Look, I need some advice. I'm hurting. Look, I made some mistakes. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Our first response should be, let me pray with you and then we'll sit down and talk about it. And ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can minister to that heart. Especially during our times today. There's so many people searching. They're searching for what we found. They're searching for Jesus Christ. They don't know it. 
And yet there's so many of us sitting in the pews across this nation who are afraid to say, I know who you're looking for. I know what he can do for you because he's done it for me. Have you ever sat down and explained to somebody that no matter how bad their past was. And you have to say it like that. It doesn't matter how bad your past was. God will forgive you. He will forgive you. There's a lot of folks who've done some bad, bad, bad things in this world. And God loves them and forgave them. God died on the cross for them. And once you tell them that, that God died for them, you can also tell them that you're not going to be perfect. And you're going to make some more mistakes. But the difference is, is you got somebody to go to who will hear you out. That's what all this is about. That's what this whole book is about. It's about us being here on this earth to help our fellow creatures. We as Christians are called to be ambassadors. We're called to be a royal priesthood. And some of us have got so good at the language of church that we can deflect that. That we can deflect that. Come time for nominating committees and you go around trying to find people to serve in the church. Look, I think you would be great at this. Now, God didn't call me to that. Well, I think you could do this over here. No, God didn't call me for that. Brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so can do that. Well, I think you would be good at outreach. Oh, that ain't my calling. Every one of us are called to be, to do outreach. Read the end of the book of Matthew. That's our standing orders. Go disciple the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you always, even till the end of the age. We have an obligation to our Savior, like Hannah, to pour our souls out before God who bought us with a price. To be in tune to him so that we can do what he's called us to do. To glorify him in our life. Let our lives be a sacrifice to him. A living sacrifice. Not only do we need to dedicate our Samuels, we need to dedicate ourselves. From the pastor who stands in the pulpit to the newest Christian, we need to dedicate our lives to Jesus Christ. For those of us who are parents with children who are still waiting to decide whether or not they need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's our job to make sure that they're put in a position to see and hear and experience the Word of God. Because when we stand before our Lord, we're going to give an account for our lives. Those of us who are Christians, we're going to give an account of what we've done with the gift of salvation. What have we done with our gift of salvation? 
Have we multiplied it? Hundredfold? Tenfold? Or have we took it, put it in a sock and buried it? We're going to give an account. We're going to be refined by the fire. Our life. That's what we're up against. That's what we're called to do. We're called to walk into heaven having done our very best for the kingdom. And here, well done, good and faithful servant. Instead of hearing, depart from me for I never knew you. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Out of all the books in creation and out of creation, that's the one book your name needs to be written in. The Lamb's book of life. Is it there? Or is it not? Hannah put Samuel's name there at birth. And you look what Samuel did. We may not all be called to be Samuels, but we're all called to be dedicated like Samuel. We're all called to have mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters help us along the way we don't all have that opportunity but we are all brothers and sisters under one race and under one father the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man kind of like that Pharisee trying to justify himself who's my neighbor better questions who's your brother and sister Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to let not one soul leave here today without having made a commitment to you. Lord, I ask you to touch the hearts of those that need to be touched. Lord, I ask you to give us a new insight. Give us a new yearning for the lost. Give us the ability, Lord, to dedicate Samuels to you. Give us the ability to be bold in sharing your word with others. And may we never ever forget that we need to spend time in prayer listening to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Number 500. 500. Trust and obey.
back and read this week? Pray. Ask God to open your eyes. Look for those people that are around you that, that are hurting. You know, with this pandemic thing we got going on, we're told to social distance, which is an oxymoron. Uh, people need to be touched. God gave us five senses. We need to touch someone. You need to wrap your arms around them. Some people haven't been hugged in over a year. Don't touch elbows with one hand. Grab them and hug them with something. You'd be surprised how far a hug goes. Brother Patrick, will you close in prayer, please? Lord, thank you for the word we just received. Let us go in peace. Let us like to play Seafield. Let us do everything for the glory of you. Lord, I always pray for our law enforcement, our military, and our first responders. And Lord, just, just let us go in peace and, and keep us safe. And Jesus Christ, Christian name, we pray with you. Amen. Amen.